Hi everybody, uh, I am uh, Trey, one of your average film enjoyers, and I am here to tell you that you can win over $500 worth of movie stuff. So if you're listening to this podcast, you're a huge movie fan. Obviously, you wouldn't be listening if you didn't love film like me and Jagger. Um, and so me and Jagger, along with, uh, three other content creators on TikTok, uh, Film Gunch, who we've had on here, uh, Wes, who we've had on here a couple times, and then, uh, one of our good friends, Real Takes, we are all, uh, joined together doing a giveaway currently, and it, um, how you join this giveaway is you go, uh, to each of our pages, we all have the giveaway video pinned, and you'll go on to that video. You'll give us all a follow. We uh, Each account is tagged in every video. Um, and then com comment down below. Uh, five Tag five of your friends. And if you tag five different friends in all five different videos, then you can get up to 30 entries. 30 entries. You can get up to 30 entries. So, uh, but you're like, Trey... Well, you're telling me about this, but I don't even know what I can win. Well, I'll tell you what you can win. Uh, Real Takes is donating a uh, 4K Harry Potter collection, Blu-ray James Bond collection, uh, I believe a 4K uh, collection of the Planet of the Apes films, and uh, the first three John Wick movies in 4K. Um, I'm donating three criterions of your choice, so whoever wins get to choose uh, three criterions. And we'll mail those to you. Uh, Jagger, my co-host, is donating um, three or a bunch of international DVDs. Um, Gunch is donating um, uh, uh, Don Hertzfeld and uh, oh, I can't remember the other guy's name. Well, the animated show. It's a very limited edition animated sketch comedy show. He has a bunch of steel books of all three seasons, so he's donating those. And then the biggest one. Wes is donating a region-free Blu-ray player. So if any of those items interest you, again, go to any of our TikTok pages. Go to me and Jagger's TikTok page, Trey the Film Noob, Jagger Film Reviews. We have the video videos pinned on top of our pages. So go check them out. Follow the instructions. Uh, the giveaway ends when we are all five of us at a thousand followers. And me and Jagger are the only ones that haven't hit a thousand followers yet. So please help us get a, uh, get us there so we can give away all this movie merchandise. Now, let's get to the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Average Film Enjoyer Podcast. We're your average film enjoyers, Jagger and Trey. How are you doing today? I am doing absolutely swell, and I am very happy to be here. Uh, that's great to hear. Um, we are talking about a lot today. We've got a lot mm -hmm. to unfold. Killers yeah. of the Flower Moon, 2023 releases, Argyle, that to be or not to be, my bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say that Shakespeare movie, but... <laughs> I mean, they do We're reference Shakespeare in the movie. A lot. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Um, 
let's kick it off with the trailer of the day, Argyle. Uh, yes. This movie, to me, just looks like a really fun time. Mm-hmm. But even though there was the trailer, the trailer didn't show enough for me to really have a definitive opinion. I do think that it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, this is definitely one I'm going to be eager to see when it comes out. Um, directed by Matthew Vaughn, who we talked about uh, on the episode when we had my dad on. Director of Kingsman, X-Men First Class. Um, he's he's just done a lot of really great stuff, um, specifically action. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to this. Um, I think it looks like an absolute blast. I mean, Sam Rockwell is in it. We got Bryce Dallas Howard. Um, you got, you got Dua Lipa. Dua Lipa's in this movie. Henry Cavill is in this movie. I mean, you just got a great cast. Looks like a really fun and funny time. Um, I'm quite looking forward to it. Me as well. Me as well. You really hit the nail on the head with that one. I agree. I agree. Um, so next, we're going to be talking about our 2023 releases. Trey, I think you said that you had a bit to say here. Yeah. Um, so obviously, before we get into our big re- release conversation, Killers of the Flower Moon, um, which I'm sure everybody's itching to hear, uh, I saw a couple new releases since our last episode. Um, I watched uh, A Good Person, which came out earlier this year um, with uh, Florence Pugh and Morgan Freeman. Um, and it was quite good. I really enjoyed it. Florence Pugh gives a, a great performance. Morgan Freeman is great, as always. They both absolutely carry that movie on their backs. Um, solid plot. It does kind of drag in some spots. It's definitely feel like you really feel the runtime in some spots. But overall, really solid. And then last night, um, I watched the new horror movie. It just dropped on Hulu. Um, from the theaters, so I was like, oh, yeah, sweet, I'm gonna watch this now. Um, I watched, uh, Cobweb, um, which is the, uh, new horror movie, a little bit on the, under the radar, um, starring Anthony Starr, and, um, my, Lynn, oh, what's her name? Oh, crap, I'm gonna have to look at it. Um, but it's the Lizzie new- Lizzie Kaplan. Lizzie Kaplan, thank you. Um, and I actually quite enjoyed this. The third act kind of falls apart a little bit. Um, but the first two acts are really good. They build a really spooky atmosphere. Um, um, Anthony Starr is... If there's anyone uh, in Hollywood that's a serial killer, it is him. Um, Lizzie Kaplan, we get to see like kind of break out of her normal mold of a character. Wait. Are you talking about the same Anthony Starr that's Homelander? Yeah. Oh my god. Now I have to watch it. Thank yeah. you. Um, and uh, Lizzie Kaplan um, kind of breaks her usual type. She's been typecast for a long time um, where every character of hers feels the same. But this was very a very different role for her, which I, I quite enjoyed. Um, you got to see her kind of... And I've seen in a lot of pip- people's reviews that um, she was pretty bad. Like, people didn't like her. Um, I, however, really liked her in this. I thought she did a great job of kind of breaking that mold. And she gives a really spooky performance. Uh, Jay, who's a friend of the podcast, uh, who is one of my mutuals, who has it rated a little bit higher uh, than everybody else, 
also says he quite enjoyed her. So it's it's I'm ex- I'm excited to see what you think, Jagger. Um, it's definitely definitely has some real spooky moments that I really really enjoyed. Um, that's about all I have to say about that one, though. Um, and uh, so do you? Now, let's yeah talk, yeah. So let's talk about the fire mode. Yeah. Why don't you go ahead first? Um, and I will, so, because I have a little rant I want to go on that I ranted to you about the other night. Yeah. I already know what you're going to say. I understand that this is 206 minutes. But mm-hmm. if you have a single complaint about it being 206 minutes, then I, okay. I don't want to sound like Owen here, but you clearly don't. Like, you weren't made for this movie. This movie was not made with you as the audience in mind. Yeah. This movie is made for people that... And again, Trey, I'm not saying this as a personal attack on you. No, that's fine. Go ahead. This movie is made for people that can put their phone away for a while, make up those notifications after, and um, just sit and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. and take in every small detail because if you don't pay attention to everything in this movie it's going to make no sense to you we'll talk about the ending in a minute however i think the acting in this was incredible cinematography was incredible script perfect perfect script completely flawless I think Lily Gladstone gives a incredible performance. Robert De Niro playing such an ill will cold character with this like wolf in sheep's clothing thing. Robert De Niro is a god of acting. So you can kind of tell that Scorsese uses him as something of a key in all of his movies because he knows he's not going to deliver a bad performance. Mm-hmm. So I might as well just put him in here because he'll do well. Yeah. And then he gives him the most complicated character ever written, and he just does it like it's nothing. It's great. All 206 minutes of this fly by like it's 90 minutes. And it is so masterfully made from a film perspective. And as an actor, I'd like to say that I can have a comment on acting. And I think that the acting in this is some of the best I've ever seen. Um, and I'm I I understand that they all hated DiCaprio on set. I get that. Oh really? I didn't he, know about that. He completely threw away his script and started improvising all of the lines. Oh yeah, I did hear about De Niro. that. Yeah, and him and Scorsese and De Niro got so mad at him. Oh my god. But and I understand that, but that's not to say that he didn't do great. I mean, he was great in this movie. I just think that this movie is near perfect. I have it at a 99 out of 100. And Trey, I know what you say. This is my Oppenheimer. This is my three-hour 2023 epic that I want to win at the Oscars. This is my Oppenheimer. I have it at a 99 out of 100 if I didn't already say that. It's so good. So good. Trey, now you can shoot down everything I've said. I don't want to shoot down everything you said. Because you're acting like I gave this movie like a star and a half, two stars, whatever. I gave this movie three stars. That's a positive review, right? Yeah. Here, here's what I want to say. Uh, a good film is as long as it needs to be. 
There's nothing that it, it, a good film is never too long, right? I think this was too long. Um, and I want to shout out my boys on the escape pod. I love you guys. And, um, I want to kind of, because they've been kind of getting ripped apart on the internet in a different way than they usually do because their whole thing is they have pretty hot takes and they're kind of getting ripped away, ripped apart in a different way than they usually do. Um, and it makes me sad because they're both, they're two really good dudes and I, uh, I really like their, they make great content. Um, they're, they, they talk about people, people, um, people have been hating on them because they talk about how, and this is how I feel about the film is they talk about how the film technically is amazing, right? And the film is really interesting, but it's not engaging. It's not enthralling. And they compare it to something like Schindler's List, which I know you were watching right before this. Just, I'm watching that. I'm like in the middle of it right now. Yeah. And to say that that's not a story you will follow. Like, I'm 40 minutes in, breezed by. Breezed by. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So let me finish. Let me finish. Continue. Let me finish. Right? Yes. A really important thing for me in a movie is to be engaged and caring about the characters, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 if I don't, if if it's a true story and I don't care about these characters, it's not it's not me having like lack of empathy. Like there's really only one character in this movie that I cared about what was happening to, and that was Lily Gladstone. Anytime okay. anybody else was on screen, I was like, I don't care. Um. And, okay, can you let me finish? I sat here right. respectfully and listened I'm, to you. I'm listening. I'm listening. And, just... and it's nothing to do, like, it's whatever you, if I can't connect with the characters on a personal level and I can't, like, I don't know, like, just be engaged and care about what's happening to these characters, I'm not going to like the movie. That's what happened with Grand Budapest Hotel. I still have Grand Budapest Hotel at four stars. I think it's an amazing, well-made film. I just couldn't get locked into the story. I just, like, couldn't, like, get... So, and that's why I want to take the conversation and compare this to Oppenheimer, right? Because these guys, the Escape Pod guys, are also out here, they're getting ripped on because they're like, oh, yeah, these guys just don't know, like that they don't know about slow cinema or or like stuff like this. Let's take Phantom Thread. Paul Thomas Anderson, Phantom Thread. It's a romance. It's a drama. It's one of the slowest movies ever made. It's super it's tone like an hour and a half shorter. <laughs> okay, okay. That's fine. If it had been 3 hours, yeah. I would have still enjoyed it because I cared about what was happening to the characters. In Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer is over three hours long, right? I cared about what was happening in that film. I think, debatably, the technical aspects of that film are better than the technical aspects from this film. Um, I think they're more impressive. Um, mm-hmm. Which we can you can comment on after, and we'll have a conversation about. Uh, but it's... Like the third, I saw Oppenheimer three times in the theater when it first came out. And the third time I saw it, it felt like 40 minutes. 
like I it, the movie ended and I was like what happened like it it just flew by you know killers of the flower moon I felt I don't fall asleep at movies Jagger I don't fall asleep during movies I fell asleep did you fall asleep I fell asleep that's how bored I was so look look you, look there was a chance you'd fall asleep yeah, yeah. look technical aspects also i want to say this i am not leo's biggest fan i do not like leo that much um why but i can still say he and was good. i can recognize that i don't think leo is that good here i never think leo is that good i think he's one of the most overrated actors of all time i can say de niro was good i can say lily gladstone is probably going to win the oscar for best lead actress I can say that Jesse Plemons might be up for a supporting actor Oscar. Finally, my boy getting some recognition. I can say Brendan Fraser was amazing. The cinematography was amazing. The score was fine. Everybody was like, I've been listening to this score all day. It was fine. It wasn't anything to write home about. The cinematography was great. Um, It definitely had that Scorsese feel. Um... It's just like I couldn't get engaged to it, which uh, and when you can't get engaged to a movie, if it was shorter, I would have rated it higher because then I'm like not getting engaged for like a two hour movie. You know that this movie is over three and a half hours and I'm not engaged for an entire three and a half hours. That's a problem Um, for any of that. I'm not engaged for any of it. I don't care what's happening for any of it. Um. So that's where I'm at with this movie. And I don't want people... Like, you can hate on me all you want. You can say you don't know, like, how to experience slow cinema. I do know how to experience slow cinema. I do. I know I know cinema. I know, like, I've, I've, I've watched a lot of movies. And I will like... I'm not gonna... And, oh, this is the other thing that we talked about. I feel like... Here's the thing. I feel like if Martin Scorsese came out with the biggest pile of dog, like it's literally just Leo just shitting in front of a camera. I feel like there's people that would still rate it five stars and call it art because people, they don't like his movies. They just like saying Martin Scorsese is the best. People just have a massive heart on for Martin Scorsese and anything he touches. They're like, Oh, this is the greatest thing ever. Oh, you know, it's, it's not, it's, he, he has some pretty shit movies he, like Wolf of Wall like Street? Wolf of Wall Street? Not that good. Yeah. Wolf of Wall Street no. is not that good. Shutter Island? Pretty bad. He, but then you have things that he makes, like, I haven't seen Goodfellas. But I Goodfellas is a masterpiece. But it's, they, they, here's the thing, is there's guys who are saying, like, Martin Scorsese doesn't miss. Every director misses. That's part of being a director. Have you not ever seen Box? Stanley Box-? Kubrick. I'm trying to think of a Stanley Kubrick. I mean, he- he died after making like 10 movies and all 10 of his movies were him at his prime. Yeah. Stanley Kubrick is the goat. He's uh, the goat. But like, like, have you ever seen D- Boxcar Bertha directed by Martin Scorsese? It's not good. It's not good at all. Every director misses except Stanley Kubrick and probably Edgar Wright too. But I haven't seen enough to make that an opinion yet. Um, and then, oh, oh, Scorsese directed Hugo. Yeah, he misses big yeah. time. So you don't have to be like Scorsese. I like every, you can like, I can be like, yeah, I like, Scor- I like certain Scorsese movies. I don't like Scorsese. 
There's a, there's yeah. very few directors that I can say I like that director. I can say I like this director's movies. I like these certain movies, but I don't like this. Like Tarantino. I love Tarantino. I don't have a single Tarantino rated lower than a four and a half. I think Tarantino is a master. Um, um, I can say I love I love uh, Edgar Wright. All of the Edgar Wrights I have logged right now on Letterboxd are five stars. I think Edgar Wright's amazing. Um, I love Matthew Vaughn. Um, but it's like... I don't know. It, sorry, I got heated. I just this is just something I feel very passionate about. This whole Martin Scorsese cult. Like, yes, I can acknowledge he's one of the greatest directors of all time, but the the like cult following he has, and and it's Martin Scorsese fans just make me really mad. When you have movies like Killers of the Flower Moon, Taxi Driver, Casino, Raging Bull. He's a good director. Yeah, he's a great director. I never said he wasn't. Yeah, but, I mean, being someone that has both Taxi Driver and Flower Moon in my top 100, I have Flower Moon in my 12th of all time, and I am proud to say that. I think that it is a magnificent film, but I was the only person awake at the end of the the movie in my theater. I understand that this movie is not for 75% of the people that watch it, but for that 25%, I'm with you. So I totally respect your opinion either way. Um, and I understand that there are a lot of performances in that movie that if you don't like hook onto the movie at the beginning and you gladly sit through the rest of it, movie's gonna you're gonna you're gonna hate it. Yeah. So I understand where you're coming from. I, I appreciate that you have your own opinion on it. Yeah. I, I also I also don't there was something wrong with the sound editing because it there it, they, you could I for the first like two and a half hour and I, I and this wasn't just like because I saw it at Regal and this wasn't just like a Regal thing I was talking to a bunch of people on my other film discord and they were like hey are you guys having a problem with the edit the sound design I can't I, I can barely hear what anybody's saying that was a huge thing for me. I it, it was frustrating. Well, I, I was in um, I was in a normal laser theater at AMC, and I had no problem. Oh, weird. Yeah, I don't uh, know. But that's our review of Killers of the Flower Moon. Jagger has it at a five. I have it at a three. Um, and also, I want to say this: I do have Scorsese movies in my I, Goodfellas is in my top twenty. Taxi Driver is in my top thirty. I want to make that clear. I am not a Scorsese hater. I love Goodfellas. I think that's a masterpiece. I think Taxi Driver is the greatest character study ever made. I just well, I didn't like this. I also want to quickly comment on your the score was fine thing. It was when fine. When we started this episode, I put on Osage Oil Boom, and I didn't know you were going to bring that up. So I'm just going to quickly say the score is incredible. It's fine. And I listened to it unironically. That's yeah. I listen to movie scores all the time. I listen to music that makes me feel like I'm in a movie. That music is fine. Okay, it's fair. All right. You know what is better? You know what's better? The Tron Legacy score. The Tron Legacy score. I thought you were gonna bring up. Can you hear the music from Oppenheimer? Oh, that is totally better than anything from Killers of the Flower Moon. That song is outstanding, dude. I you. What are you talking about? You do you. How do I get this chair up? I want to...
Oh, there we go. That's so much better. Yeah, that's our review of Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, can you hear the music? It's better than anything from that score. Um, that dude, that song. Like, if you're like standing outside at night with it cranked in your headphones, just like eyes closed, it's like an out of body experience. That song's unbelievable. I listen to that song on a daily basis. <laughs> God, Ludwig Ludwig Gorenson, thank you for what you've done, and thank you for the happiness you've brought to my life. All right, um, should we get into our movie review today? Yes. So, our movie review today, everybody, um, we are, uh, I don't know what number we're on for IMDb. I think this is like... 230 something now that'd be sick dude we have been doing this for a long time can i quickly comment that if this comes out after the hooptober episode tomorrow this is officially our 50th episode of season two dude high five or no 45th 45th but it's still good 45th but it's still good all right to be or not to be that is our review today um, directed by Ernst Lubisich. Um, has a 4.3 overall on Letterboxd. Um, it is on the Letterboxd Top 250, actually, at number 146. Um, really? Yeah. Um, yeah, so during the Nazi occupation of Poland, an acting troupe becomes embroiled in a Polish soldier's efforts to track down a German spy. Um, so you have this rated a little bit lower than me. You have this at two stars. I, I think I'm going to drop it down to a three and a half, a three star. Um, this wasn't okay. Here's how I'll rate a movie. If it's a movie that I'll think about after I'll rate it highly. I finished this movie and I couldn't tell you half of what happened already. It's not memorable, and I feel like by tomorrow I'll have forgotten every single thing about it. Oh, yeah, 100%. That's not... Yeah, this was not good. That's a, I'll I, put it out Okay, there. I don't... So, that's 100% where I was... It wasn't super memorable, right? Um, the, the genre of this movie, it's an anti-war satire. Um, and I don't think we had gotten any of those before this. I think this was the first of its kind. Um, that's that's cool. It's at least twenty three. We're past that now. At least no. It's just it's the same thing with it happened one night. It's cool, like seeing where this genre of like anti war satires but, came from. Yes. However, I think it happened one night was much more enjoyable, and I will still occasionally think about it happened one night. I just don't think this movie was that good. Yeah. And, um. I don't know. I, again, and we, 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 you talked about this on the Groundhog's Day episode. I was listening to that today. Yes, we do listen to our own podcasts. Um, yes, we <laughs> We're cocky. Uh, <laughs> no, you say, you talk about on that podcast is that you have a very particular sense of humor. Um, mm-hmm. And um, I think, I mean, this humor really works for me. It's that, like, who's on first like old timey type of humor. Um, I, a lot of it didn't hit right. A lot of the time I didn't really know what was happening. Um, but then some of it, like it felt very Monty Python type humor. Um, very British. 
Um, and some of it really did hit. Some of it, I was like laughing out loud. I was watching this by myself and I was laughing out loud, which is not something I do very often. Um, but yeah, again, it's it's not something that's going to stick with me. Um, you, you get movies like this, like Dr. Strangelove from Kubrick, which again, more proof that Kubrick doesn't miss. Is hysterical. It's so funny. Um, and I think we've talked about this on the pod about how we are more enjoyers of anti-war films than we, I don't really want to say pro-war films because I don't think there's really a pro-war film, but like more films that are, I don't really, you want to explain that a little bit? I can't find the words right now. All right, so there are movies that are just war movies where they'll show what's going on in the war, but they have nothing that's like a direct message that's like a screw war with something like Pads of Glory. Or Saving that Pri- shows oh, no. nothing but the negatives of war. Uh-huh. Or something like Come and See that goes out of its way and shows it has a really traumatizing moment for me. Where it just cuts to a kid holding a gun, standing over a puddle, looking like... Like, his face, like, morphs to this complete face of... There's nothing behind those eyes. Yeah. But complete horror. Because he has nothing left in his life. He's lost everything. Yeah. And then it cuts to real footage of what happened during World War II. And there's a moment where they show and... Not to get, like, touchy here, but if you think that this is touchy, that's weird. Where it cuts to a shot of Hitler standing next to a starving child, and he's laughing maniacally. Yeah, fuck that's Hitler, dude. That's what was happening. Yeah. And it goes out of its way to show things that make you hate war more after it's over. Mm-hmm. Instead of a movie that almost glorifies the violence of war. Like, whether intentional or not. Yeah. Like, like I was going to say, like, Saving Private Ryan, or uh, Lone Survivor, or American Sniper, or stuff like that, that is like, it's not intentional. It's not intentionally doing it, but it's like, it... It is glorifying war in the end of the day. It is. It is. Yeah. Um... Which is not something that I want to glorify or be a part of. So in something like, or um, like Hacksaw Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge is a really interesting one. I don't know if you've seen this. I know it's coming up on uh, our IMDb series, so we'll talk about it in a couple months. Isn't it directed by Mel Gibson? Yeah. Yeah. Screw Mel Gibson. Screw Mel Gibson. But Hacksaw Ridge, Andrew Garfield... uh, is the lead in that and i think he's outstanding um anything with him is great um is a really interesting one because it's about a pacifist who um saves a bunch of people during world war ii it's like a true story um and i think that's a really interesting one that can be considered anti-war um is it weird that it's really strange to me that are you sure mel gibson directed that I don't know. That sounds right. It could also be Clint Eastwood. It could be Clint Eastwood. Because that would make more sense. Something about Mel Gibson directing a movie about people getting saved during World War II and a pacifist. Yeah, it's Mel Gibson. That's weird. 
Um, yeah, that's strange. I don't know. There's probably some reason for it. Yeah. I'll have to see it to understand it. Yeah, that's a great film. I think is really, really well done. Um, that we'll talk about more when we get to it in our series. Um, but I don't know. It, it always brings up the topic because I'm a person who uses humor as a defense mechanism, you know, like if I'm uncomfortable, yeah. I'm going to make a joke out of it. Um, because that's just who I am. I like making jokes. Um, and I think that making specifically war satires making, because I feel that's why comedy exists is to make these things that are really, really scary and difficult to deal with and kind of dark to, like, shine some light on it and make it a little bit easier to deal with, you know? Um, so it, that's why I think movies like the, like this, Dr. Strangelove, um, I'm trying to think of other war satires. I can't really think of any other ones. Um they that, do exist. That one, that one with Brad Pitt that came out a couple years ago. Jojo Rabbit. Ah, Jojo Rabbit's a war satire. That movie's hilarious. Um, but that's because Taika Waititi directed it. Great. Yeah, loved love Taika Waititi. Um, Shout out to Next Goal Wins. I'm hyped about that one. About what? Next Goal Wins. Oh, dude! I saw the trailer for that. That looks really, really fun. I'm very excited. I just love Taika Waititi's uh, sense, like his sense of humor. Like when I was, I was like cackling the entire time during Hunt for the Wilder People. Um, And with both, it's uh, the one with Sam Neill. You got to check that one out, man. I don't really have anything else to say. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, Forgettable, but... Yeah, uh, should we do our questions, or you just want to move on? Well, I mean, let's quickly sum it up. Rewatchable scene, that opening scene where the guy, like, gets, like, yelled at, like, You're not Hitler! That was pretty funny. Dude, the, um, no, the scene, the scene where the guy who is the actor playing the scientist... And then they show him the dead body of the real scientist. That whole scene, I was giggling the entire time. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> um, uh, looks a mighty bit like you, no? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. The fa- the facial structure is a bit different, but um, who won this it movie? Much. Uh, who won this movie? I think um, the director for coming up with such an inventive concept at the time. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Also, have you ever seen the producers? It's uh, Gene oh, Wilder. The one with... Yeah. Where they make uh, Hitler in the spring or whatever. Yeah. Is it any good? I added that to my watch list the other day because my dad told me about it. Do you like it? All right. So I've only seen the remake with Matthew Broderick. Mm-hmm. Is that one good? Not great, but good. Okay. Um, the original I haven't seen, but being that it's Mel Brooks and Gene Wilder, probably great. Yeah, we should do a watch um, party of that one day. Yeah, but the producer is the remake. It's totally fine, but that's all it really is. Yeah. I gotta right. get around to it at some point soon. Yeah. Director wins this movie. Um, they're not beating Jack Torrance in a fight. They, Absolutely I mean, not. No. Um, and does this belong in the IMDb 250? No. 
no, it doesn't. All right, cool. That's a review of to be or not to be. <laughs> um, to be. Shout out to to be. Yes, um, we love to be on here. We should just start saying that every episode, and hopefully one day to be. To be will reach out to us and be like, hey, uh, can we sponsor your pod, or do you want to come on and do a commercial for us? And we'd be like, yeah. yes, please. We love you guys. Where we use it all the time. Stuff? We got to do the commercial where your average film enjoyers and we enjoy Tubi and that's it. That's the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that's like the first time we ever meet in real life is when we record a commercial for Tubi. <laughs> where your average film enjoyers and we enjoy Tubi. Yeah, that'd be Woo, great. Tubi. Shout out Tubi. Yeah. Um, all right. You want to do high lows? You go ahead first. Yeah. All right. So my high low is pretty lame today. Um, Groundhog Day was our last episode. Uh, since then, I have seen Killers of the Flower Moon, which we already talked about. Yep. Um, and that, by the way, we forgot to mention it. The ending, amazing. Eh. Amazing ending. I could have done um, without that ending. Then I rewatched The Shining, masterpiece, obviously. Of Stanley course. Kubrick Peak. Doesn't miss. Then I watched The Big Shave because I had seen Killers of the Flower Moon that morning and I wanted to see some more Scorsese. <sighs> And it was fine. I gave it three and a half stars. It was pretty entertaining, actually. Then I missed a movie. I didn't get to watch anything on the 21st. And then on the 22nd, I watched Infernal Cauldron from 1903. Um, and that made me laugh because it's so old. And then it's like a guy standing over a pot. And then he picks someone up and like body slams them into the pot. And then oh, my God. And then ghosts appear. It's <laughs> It's funny. Um, then I watched Force Troublesome Heads from 1898. I mean, it's from 1898. It was on HBO Max. I watched it. It sucked. Um, <laughs> then I watched Richard Pryor live in concert. Richard Pryor is a mastermind of comedy. Um, yeah, I have not laughed this hard in a while. I gave it five stars because um, it's just so good. Yeah. Um, just Just watch it. I mean, that's all I can say. Yeah. It's like... Where'd you watch it? Minutes. It's on Netflix. Okay, cool. It's like an hour and 20 minutes. It's yeah. so worth it. Yeah. Hey, what's your opinion on uh, Pete's stand-up? I've seen all of his specials. Yeah, Wait, uh, do you do you like his stand-up? Because I love it. I think he's super funny. Oh, he's so funny. Yeah. So funny. But also, um, it doesn't take that much for me to laugh. Like, if you're at least kind of funny, I'll be laughing. You know? Yeah. Um so have you seen the roasts, the Comedy Central roasts? Oh yeah, I watch those highlights on YouTube constantly. The one where Pete calls it out uh um oh what's her face? Uh God. And her, is he the one where he goes, and then it was scaring away our crops? Yeah, one. because she and called him out earlier and then he I think it's Anne Hesh and he's like and uh, Ann Coulter, and he's like, Ann Coulter is here. Wait, if you're here, then who's who's scaring away or who's protecting our crops? It's so good. And then um, he also he has a lot of funny ones in the roasts. My God, and then the one where Pete keeps bringing up his dad during, mm-hmm. and then Jimmy Carr goes. Oh, up dude, and- that hey hey guys guys. We we can't keep roasting. Uh, this is not 
dad. We can't this keep is not the roast of Pete Peach Davidson's dad. dad. That, that was, was in 2001. 2001. God, dude, <laughs> that joke is so funny every time. Oh my yeah. gosh. So um, he's great in the roasts. Um, and then of the comedy stuff, like the stand up I've seen of his, Alive from New York. Have you seen that one? Yeah, yeah. That one, That's the that one, one where he does the Ariana Grande bit, like after they broke up. Yeah, yeah, I, I love I that rated bit. That one, um, three stars. But then mm-hmm. he has another one on Paramount Plus called SMD. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, you gotta check that one. Yeah, he's a it? fun. No, I haven't, but he's a funny dude. Um, yeah. all right, high low. Um, I already talked about a good person. Um, I watched Hostel, the Eli Roth movie. That wasn't any good. Um, Gunch, I don't know what you're talking about, but that movie's not good. Um, I re- and then he says Terrifier 2 is torture porn. Yeah. Um, I rewatched Ghostbusters. Um, five stars, 99 out of 100. It's an immaculate film. Um, what the... Oh, there's like a light, like, going in and out, man. That's creepy. Um, Nightmare Before Christmas, I watched for our pod. That episode, you can hear our review, it comes out today. Um, Night of the Living Dead, we were going to do a Hooptober episode on, but then we didn't end up doing a Hooptober episode on it. But I still checked that one off. Uh, George A. Romero, classic. Really enjoyed it. Killers of the Flower Moon, we already talked about. I watched uh, King of Staten Island, uh, which was super solid. Four and a half. Really, really enjoyed that. Uh, Requiem for a Dream, which our review of that will be coming out on Wednesday um i watched the belco experiment which this is actually one i want to touch on for a few minutes um so greg mclean directed this um which you're like i don't care i've never seen anything else by greg mclean but um james gunn wrote this movie um so here's the synopsis um, are, wait, are you a fan of James Gunn? Because I think James Gunn is one of the best, like, superhero... I think he's the best superhero director working today. I mean, that's just me, though. I do like him, and I've had Belko Experiment on my watch list for a while. Yeah, a group of 80 American workers are locked in their office and ordered by an unknown voice to participate in a twisted game. Um, so, uh, a lot of people I follow on here have this rated, like, two and a half, three stars, two stars... Um, I have this at four. I had a really good time with it. I was pretty engaged the whole time. Just a fun 90-minute horror. Um, some really, really gory deaths. There, There's some major gore in this. And, of course, there's, like, uh, action scenes that are choreographed to music, of course, because it's James Gunn. Um, and um, uh, another signature James Gunn move, uh, Sean Gunn is in it. <laughs> so... Uh. Sean Gunn and James Gunn, nepotism at its finest. Um, and then I watched At the Heart of Gold inside the USA gymnastics scandal. So I've been trying to uh, work my way through a little, because we watch a lot of movies, but sometimes it's good to watch like a documentary, something nonfiction, just to educate yourself a little bit more. Um, yeah. So I've been trying to work my way through like Letterbox has that like top 100, Letterbox top 100 documentaries. So I've been slowly, very slowly, working my way through those. I watched Seaspiracy like a month ago, which was super solid. Um, And then this was about uh, Larry Nassar, who was the team doctor for, like, Michigan State um, gymnastics and the U.S. Olympic team and all this stuff. 
And it was basically about how he got arrested for like 20 years of like sexual abuse and being like a child predator and a gross dude. Um, and that way it was really dark, but it was really well done. Really well done doc. Um, I didn't give it a rating because I don't like giving documentaries ratings. Um, because I feel like, I don't know, it's, it's just different. Um, but I liked it. Um, I watched Jeff who lives at home, uh, with is directed by Mark and Jay Duplass. Um, super, super enjoyed that. Um, anything Mark and Jay Duplass have their hands on is great. Um, it's Jason Siegel, Ed Helm, Susan Sarandon, Judy, Judy Greer. Um, super, super fun. Um, really, really some heavy themes too. Um, Cobweb I already talked about. Rewatched Nightcrawler this morning. Um, masterpiece. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal, I think his best performance. Um, and then to be or not to be. That's all I've watched this week. Um, you guys can be looking out uh, for our episode Friday. We are doing another double feature episode with my um, friend Kate. Um, we are going to be reviewing both The Incredibles and um, and Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. Um, and so that should be a great time. Um, and next week... Well, we, yeah, as you can tell, we take Halloween on this podcast pretty seriously. We've done a podcast every single day um, about a horror movie, and it's been so, so fun. Um, <laughs> it's been something. I, it's, I, it's definitely been something. Um, so for Halloween, we do have an episode coming out on Halloween. Um, I'm not going to tease uh, the movie that we're reviewing. Um uh, but it is a horror movie. Um, we, it's going to be one of our, it's probably going to be our biggest episode we've ever done. Um, I, just as far as like guests, God bless my soul for exporting it. Um, yeah. It's <laughs> it just as far as guests, we're going to have, uh, we're going to try out to have on as many people as we've already had on the pod. So, uh, we're going to try to get, uh, Seth back on here. We're going to try to get Wes back on here. Gunch, uh, uh, Jagger's dad is going to be on here. Um, we're going to try to get train chug Jackie who from TikTok, on here. Um, I'm working on Spencer. We're going to try and get him on here. Spencer yeah. Talks film. We oh, got for people. real. I love Spencer. He's like my favorite person. Um, yeah, we'll get Spencer on here. Um, we're going to try to get like everybody on here. We, maybe we'll finally get the elusive real takes on here for an interview. Um, <laughs> Uh, we're yeah. trying to get people yeah it's going to be a big episode we're very excited for you guys to experience it we're excited to put it out there um, yeah those are our reviews for the day um, if you want to follow us on our socials I'm Trey the Film Noob everywhere Jagger's Jagger Film Reviews on TikTok Jagger Film Fan on Letterboxd and Jagger the Movie Guy on uh instagram twitch and twitter um let's see what else oh yeah if you're still watching this we appreciate it thank you um if you want to please leave us a like subscribe to our youtube channel um go check out tubi tubi we're we're shouting you out giving you free advertising um advertise for you yeah 
Com yeah, comment down below um, what your thoughts were on Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, be sure to check out our episode tomorrow, which will be Wednesday. Um, I believe it's going to be our review of Requiem for a Dream. It's probably our most serious and, I mean... Dramatic episode. Yeah, we, we. I mean, we're me and Jagger are pretty goofy on here. We have a goofy, silly time. Um that episode, not really goofy and silly. We have some serious conversations that I think are important, and I think it's an important film. Um, yeah, thank you again for joining us today on The Average Film Enjoyer, and we hope you come back. Um, have a great rest of your day or evening or whenever, whatever part of the day you're listening to this.